it was probably a couple of years of pretty flat to bear type market that we were building in, um, but we were still growing uh, really, really fast. All right, morning hats. Uh, good morning, Brendan. Uh, back again. So we had a pod yesterday. Two in, a day, two, in two days, yeah. That's, yeah, that's two in two days. You, you'd think, you'd think we're uh, obsessed with Bitcoin or something. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so episode 14, uh, Two Bit Idiots. Today we have Matt Center from Lolly. How are you, Matt? Hey, doing well. Thanks for coming. I'm um, really well. Thanks for coming on. Um, before Good. we get started, I just want to um, just ask you, can you confirm or deny that you will or will not be in the Home Alone reboot? <laughs> um, I cannot confirm nor deny. Uh, I have not gotten my SAG card yet, though, so I don't know um, if they call me up for that. Plus, I don't know with the facial hair. It's, um, I've kind of outgrown that role a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So for those that um, don't know what Matt looks like, he looks like um, a Culkin for sure, and I've said it before on Twitter. But Macaulay Culkin, if he wasn't tainted by Hollywood, I think he's a he's a handsome version of Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, so oh, thanks. For the yeah, um, Culkin minus the heroin. Kind yeah. Of. <laughs> for um, the benefit of anybody who didn't listen to it, so the reason Matt is on the pod is we were speaking about Lolly a few episodes ago, mm. and um, we sort of gave them a call out on on Twitter. And we said that Matt looked like we were having a debate over whether you look like a Macaulay Culkin or who was the other one? Uh, one, one of the one of the Hansons. I mean, I, to be yep. fair, you don't look like a Hanson. I mean, mm. Maybe you have let the hair come out. But um, and then Matt came back and he told us that you look like Jason Momoa. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. I'm so going we'll, for go with, we'll go with Jason. Um, <laughs> but, um, Matt, thank you very much for coming. Appreciate appreciate your sense of humor. Firstly, yeah. Um, thank you for taking it in the spirit it was uh, meant. And um, oh, thanks, no problem. Thanks very much for coming on. Uh, yeah, all right. Would you want to give us a little background, um, not necessarily firstly about Lolly, a bit about, I guess, your um, foray into Bitcoin and how you kind of fell down the rabbit hole? Oh, gosh, sure. Um, let's see where, how far I can go back. Um, so um, I think I, I first got introduced around 2013. Um, I was working on another startup at the time. It was called Cosmic Cart with my co-founder, Alex Edelman. And um, one of our contractors at the time he just he was just all about bitcoin um i hope he's like i haven't kept in touch with him i hope he's doing really really well at this point but he kept trying to get me into it and we were just focused on our uh, startup at the time um we had looked kind of casually at how we could start enabling um bitcoin payments through what we were building it was a uh, uh two-sided marketplace it was the enterprise we called it Commerce gateway, all kinds of fancy words for it, but basically it was the technology that powered buy buttons, um, so we could connect any number of publishers, any number of retailers, and so we had gone through just a little bit, and it was going to be a tough sell anyway. It was already a hard sell what we were building to get retailers on board, what we were doing, and then adding Bitcoin to the mix just wasn't going to be an option at the time. So um, ended up. I was heads down in that for a while. And then right around 2016, 2017, got back into it after we exited that startup um, and uh, was playing around with it. And I was also playing around with Ether, uh, Ethereum stuff, doing some smart contract testing. And um, we kept coming back to uh, Bitcoin. We were, he and I had both just started playing in you know, crypto and owning Bitcoin and decided that it was probably um, at that time 
a really high barrier to entry for the normal person, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, we'll go with normal. Um, and so we were, we had just exited from Ebates who had bought Cosmic and Ebates obviously uh, is now Rackton Rewards, one of the biggest rewards companies in the world for cashback programs. And so we said, well, let's just do that for, for Bitcoin. And so then we um, came up with Lolly uh, so that, you know, friends and family, people who are very non-technical could just shop online and earn a little bits of Bitcoin back here and there um, and accrue it over time without having to drop hard-earned money into uh, some sort of crypto exchange or other investment or buying it on the street, you know? So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how we got from point A to point B. Okay. Well, so what year did you actually launch Lolly? Uh, 2018. Okay. 18. Okay. So, um, I mean, what was the, uh, you obviously, obviously ha had uh, relationships with suppliers already. Mm-hmm. So, so how difficult was that? In fact, let's go back a little bit. Let's explain for people sure. exactly what Lolly is. Um, oh yeah, and, that'd be good. And then, and then we'll work with <laughs> how you got how you got suppliers on board. Yeah, yeah. So if you're not familiar with cashback programs, um, particularly the likes of Rakuten, what we do is we essentially we generate leads. We send people to our partner merchant sites. Uh, once they make purchases on those sites, either through our browser extension, our mobile app, through our site. Um, then we send on a, a little anonymous tracking ID with it. And when the order is placed, it comes back to us with essentially a commission for, for the lead. So we send somebody a customer, uh, they send us back cash, and then we take it upon ourselves to do all of the uh, conversion into Bitcoin and dispersing it amongst our shoppers. And so the shoppers get the lion's share of the commission and we take a little bit. So monetized right from the get-go is very... Um, we're very proud of that business model because one, it's tried and true in regular fiat and two, it doesn't require us to collect and sell personal information, which is anathema yeah. to our philosophy and obviously the philosophy of crypto in general. So, yeah, it's, um, where would I, I go with that? Okay. So how difficult was, so I guess in some ways the model that you go, you're going with was understood. It's just that the reward mm -hmm. was different. So where are the where are the suppliers or are the suppliers thinking about Bitcoin at all? Are they really just concerned with the referral that's coming through from, from the customer? Um, so it's, it's a little of both. So on the one hand, they're just happy to get a new type of customer, a new, um, you know, just a, a rabid customer that's going to be coming back to them over and over again versus one of their competitors that isn't partnered with us. Um, on the other hand, um, it also gives them, and this is part of the easy sell. So we already had all these relationships mm -hmm. and it was easy to go back and say, Hey, this is what we're doing. And it's a lot easier than the last time around. Like we just, we hook into your order system and you send us the regular payments you would in the other affiliate. And we're going to do all the heavy lifting on our end. So it was nothing for merchant staff to do on their ends from a technical perspective. And they got to say, all right, we're, we're doing this Bitcoin thing, even if it's just a little bit at a time. So they got a little street cred for that. So is the Bitcoin that customers um, get from shopping, uh, I suppose, held on their Lolly account? Uh, the, the, and then they can then withdraw that at a certain point. Is it like fold? You get to a certain amount and then you can then yep. withdraw? Yeah, yeah. Right now it's a $15 US minimum. And um, the the majority of people still keep it with us. So it's actually kind of funny because we set out when we were first building it, we were like, we're going to build this for non-technical people. Um, there's really 
there's not going to be a lot of people that are going to want to transfer off. And that was like our first assumption proven wrong. Cause we're right out of the gate. We had a lot of hardcore Bitcoiners join and they're like, where's the transfer? I want to take this off. And total sense, you know, not your mm. keys, not your coin kind of mentality. Um, so we, we rushed to build that as quick as we could. Um, and then I think in January of 2019, we rolled that out, the actual transfer process. So you could, you could transfer to any wallet and you could transfer um, if you wanted to get, off the Bitcoin train, you can cash out to US dollars at your bank. Okay. And is that is purely Bitcoin wallets or is it Lightning as well, uh, Matt? It, it's purely Bitcoin at the moment. Purely Bitcoin, okay. Um, so how do you manage then the, the sort of volatility of Bitcoin? So let's say I make, a, I want a, you know, something that costs 50 bucks and the supplier gives you, a, I don't know, a 10% referral for referring through and you pass on 8% of that to the customer. But obviously at the point, so the, what the customer is expecting is exactly the, the their their eight percent at the point the time they made the purchase, um. So they some of them will be very savvy. They'll be working exactly exactly how many stats that should be. But then from from your perspective, you have to obviously receive your commission and purchase the bitcoin in order to be able to transfer it to the customer and all that kind of stuff. How do you manage that side of things? Yeah, that um. So early on, um, we and, and actually this is still in in place now, um in most merchants. So there are some merchants where we have confirmed on the date of order. Uh, we're trying to move to that model completely uh, very, very soon. Um, the early on, we did it in a way where we pegged the initial amount to US dollars. So if the value of Bitcoin went up, people would actually see their sats dropping. And that was actually one of our biggest criticisms. Um, mm. Obviously the opposite is also true. If Bitcoin went down, they're like, oh my God, my sats are going sure, up and everybody sure. loved that. So. Um, once they confirm the reward, um, you know, there's generally a, let's just say 90 day purchase, uh, return date. So you can't return it for most places after 90 days. Uh, some places is much shorter. Um, so you get it a lot faster, but generally, yeah, I mean, it's not just, it wasn't guarding just against volatility, but also fraud. Um, so mm. people saying, Oh, this is, this is my Bitcoin. Now I'm going to go return my TV yeah, to Best Buy yeah. and, and I'm so going to have you, it. So there's a, there's a period by which people can't withdraw immediately. There's a period they have to wait until, so to make Correct. sure they haven't returned the, you know, pair of exactly. the, the hat or whatever they bought. Yeah. So 90 yeah. days, I think you said. 90 days, was but it? Is that, is that, sorry, is the 90 days, was that consistent across all suppliers or is, is it different? No, from, it, right, it's okay, different. Like, yeah, it's different per retailer. So, and, and actually this is a feature that we've been rolling out recently. We've been rolling out lots of little things here and there. Um, the ability to actually set that per merchant. So um, I think at one point we had a default 90 days and, uh, you know, some of the bigger merchants, um, you know, the Sam's Clubs of the world, they're going to have longer return periods. Mm -hmm. uh, smaller ones have shorter ones. And then obviously the consumable ones like the food delivery services doesn't make a lot of sense to make people wait 90 days for those. So, um, you know, making sure that we can confirm those a lot quicker is something we've been testing. So um, you'll be seeing that rolling out here um, probably not before code freeze this year, but going into January next year. Interesting. Yeah, cool. Interesting. So how, how big is the, the lovely team? Oh gosh. So we've got roughly 20 full time and at any moment, part time and interns and contractors and stuff up to 10 more of those. So 30 people. Do you have a, a sort of physical location, like a, a home base or is it entirely yeah, remote? This, this is welcome to home base. This is my this is above my garage. This is home base. Uh, yeah. It's only me in here right now. And then, like I was saying before we started recording, actually, this is the playroom now. Uh, yeah. I actually work downstairs in the sunroom. So yeah, cool. Okay. That's like um, we had Camilla on, um, and she she was telling us that Swan is exactly the same. They're entirely remote, yeah. which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's um, opening opportunities for people. Definitely. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, we still, uh, you know, we try to hire semi-local as much as possible, particularly on engineering. Our original goal, since we're based in North Carolina, for people that don't know that, um, we're based in North Carolina, uh, in and around Raleigh-Durham. And um, our original goal was to make a central office location, particularly for customer care. Um, they're more social people than engineers are for some reason. I don't know. And um, so they like they like being around each other and, and, and interacting with people. So um, which is good for a customer care role. Mm. So having an office for them and also a place that we could go and collaborate. Um, and it's still, it's still kind of on the radar, something that we want to do after in a post COVID world, um, everything gets back to semi-normal, but, you know, being hundred percent remote going into uh, a global pandemic was actually, you know, we ended up being very fortunate in the fact yeah. that we were already equipped to, to weather that storm and um, just continue on as normal. I mean, obviously things change as, you know, as far as the verticals that were, making the most money from travel over to consumer goods and things. But, um, you know, we're seeing it turn back around now. So very hopeful that um, we'll get back to normal here soon. Yeah, sorry. Um, so Matt, who, who, so who are you? So when you first launched, was it the first people who jumped on board were like, oh my God, I can, you know, the Bitcoiners that can, I can get sats for spending something somewhere. Um, and that has progressed over time to just more normies or like, do you, how do you track who the users are and, and how they're finding you? Yeah, so um, I mean, we've got we've got our standard marketing tech stack with Google Analytics and stuff to tell us where people are coming from. Yeah. Um, demographics wise, it can be difficult because we don't do we don't collect a lot of personal information or anything. So there are a lot of assumptions we make. But by our estimate, we we think probably about sixty to seventy percent of our customers are first time Bitcoiners, mm, cool. uh, which is what we set out to do. Now, one thing that we did find really cool um, was. I think when we started, they had estimated around 5% of crypto users were female. And then now we're at like 20 or 25%. So it's been a massive increase uh, getting to a new audience there. So that was a lot of fun uh, being yeah. able to do that. And um, I, I think it, it really spoke to the approachability of the platform too, of you know making it very easy. Like I said, we, we expected to be holding consumers' wallets for a really long time. And we still do. I think you know, a very small fraction of people, it's going to be this hardcore Bitcoiners. And this is part of how we get our estimates of people who transfer mm. every time they hit $15. Like, it, you know, yeah, okay. as, as soon as that drops, they're like putting in a transfer request and pulling it off the platform and mm. um, which is fine. I mean, that was our whole goal is also to educate the newcomers and say, hey, you know, teach them about not your keys, not your coin. Uh, once you get to the, you know, the comfort level where you're going to hold your own hardware wallet or whatever you're going to do with it. Uh, here's how you do it and and making sure they're they know that that's a feature that's available to them so and it's also not building up a risk problem for you guys as well if you're um you know having to hold and manage them a bigger and bigger number mm. um yeah well i mean it's, it's a double-edged sword right because we don't really draw any um monetary value from holding those things for them uh, but it does look good as, um, you know, from an investment standpoint of looking sure. at it and say, oh, wow, they're able to you know, manage this much, this mm. many assets, this much in Bitcoin assets for people at, at any given moment. So, you know, have, we have this many active wallets kind of thing. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I really see it as that it's like a, it's like a, it's the Trojan horse. I think these, your business and, and fold as, as, you know, people have spoken about before. Um, they're putting Bitcoin in the hands of people who probably wouldn't ordinarily, a lot of people anyway, that wouldn't ordinarily go out and mm. just buy Bitcoin itself. Yeah. Um, yep. Or, you know, it's just giving some sats to some people. And when you actually do the sums, and I'm sure you've done them, like 
the average person in the future might have about 270,000 sats. And if you actually look at how many how many Bitcoins left to be mined, that number comes down to about 27,000. So, I mean, I would imagine there's plenty of, plenty of users on your platform that might even be making that in a transaction sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. So it's going to be a significant amount. So um, do you know, do you actually, are you able to track in terms of users' um, return, re coming back and increasing their use of Lolly over time? Have you noticed anything there or? Uh, you mean like, does it pick up when Bitcoin's mooning? Basically, yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yes, that is absolutely the case. I mean, whenever whenever we get on, you know, new all-time highs and things like that, the um, everything just increases. The traffic to the site, the mm -hmm. number of new accounts, the number of support requests. Um, it, it's it's tangible almost to just to see that market fluctuation and the interest. It's hand in hand. So, um, I mean, the opposite's also true. It, it could be. Uh, it could be on the decline, but it's in the news so much that we'll see people come and say, hey, what's this about? And um, so, yeah, we, we definitely ride those waves whenever they happen. Yeah, it's really interesting. Isn't it? Like the time to really get interested and learn about Bitcoin is actually in the bears because and, and stack as much as you can because the benefit is better because obviously the increase is going to be more. So but that's the complete that's the opposite of what happens generally is that. I mean, we, you know, even with the podcast or my, I've got a little website too. I, I notice it myself. So um, it's like the, the people are doing the complete opposite of what is actually good for them. If they would just learn in the bear time and stack mm. as much as they can in the bear time, mm. and then their, their conviction will stay. I'm mm. pretty much certain of that. Um, yeah. And, and our first, let's see. So we, we launched after the 2017 explosion. And then from that point until gosh, it, it escapes me all the different uh, bull markets, but it was probably a couple of years of pretty flat to bear type market that we were building in, um, but we were still growing uh, really, really fast. Um, now it's been, you know, year over year, we're just, it's, it's phenomenal. We, we look back at our graphs for, you know, October of last year, and it's just, it's a dwarf compared to what we've done in October of this year. And then the, the same goes for the year prior to that. So, um, you know, over time, it's just almost been this like logarithmic growth, despite the fact that for the majority of it, it's been pretty bearish um, with, you know, one or two exceptions. And then obviously this past year being um, pretty phenomenal since January, something like that. Yeah. So, so the, the actual process of um, using Lolly to buy goods um, it's a, it's, is it a browser extension on a desktop? Yep. Like, like Honey, which I've only been introduced to recently by Hats. Yeah, um, so, we, so uh, yeah, so we're in Australia, Matt. So, um, yep. uh, and so we don't have Lolly here, Matt. We're, we're really keen. I'm, work, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> we're, 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 we're getting to it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we basically we have the the Honey model over here, which is you know it's a browser extension. You go on eBay, you know it finds you, it scrapes a code, it, it, it applies some uh, fiat discount to you, and it sends it to you, um, and you can withdraw it. So it's a, it's a same it's a similar model, but um, but it doesn't offer the Bitcoin option, obviously. Mm. So it doesn't have that potential for growth. You know, you're getting yeah, it's you know, a one time discount. That's it. Yeah. So so you so that's the same model for Lolly. You you're a browser extension, but also apps as well. Yep. Yeah. So we've got a browser extension for Chrome, Firefox, Edge, and then we're reviving Safari now that Apple has gone back to the old style uh, extensions. So we'll be reviving Safari here shortly. 
Uh, in fact, we're wrapping up the, the build process for that. We'll be pushing that out here, here soon. So we'll capture all the, the four main browsers there. Um, and then um, on the iOS side, we've obviously got the iOS app and that one's a little bit different because we keep everything contained. So the browser extension essentially follows you around from site to site, right? And it's, it gives you a little banner, very similar to Honey, like you mentioned, of if you're on a partner site, we'll give you a banner and it'll say, hey, activate for this percent back in Bitcoin, click through and now you're activated. And so when you check out, um, as long as Honey doesn't snipe our cookies, uh, <laughs> then uh, you get your award. Um, no, I like Honey. I like the guys at Honey. Um, congratulations to them on their massive exit. Uh, in a lot of ways, we actually look at, uh, you know, they, they kind of legitimize the browser extension um, market, uh, particularly from an investor standpoint. So a lot of investors perked up at like, oh, browser extension, like Honey. Yeah. 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 And so <laughs> you can kind of follow their, their, uh, their rollout to some degree. Um, I mean, we're, we're a very different product in the sense we're not dealing with coupons. Um, and like you said, you, you get Bitcoin back and it's going to accrue over time. And I mean, we've got people from the original launch who have tons of free stuff at this point because their rewards have just yeah. gone up so much 5X, 6X, wherever we're at now, uh, more than that. Cause we, we think we launched around 4K, 5K. So what is that? 12X, five times 12. Did I do that right? No. Yeah. Five yeah, five. yeah, about that. Yeah. Where, where, are you, where are you just now? Where, I'm thinking in dollars when you're 58 or something just now, are you? Roughly? The US? Say again? Is it Bitcoin's, where are we 58? Oh, my just now? I'm sorry if I follow the price in Aussie dollars now, but I could I could double check it. But um, yeah, I mean, Hugh, I mean, I remember tweeting about this at the time, um, saying anybody who buys you know, a PC or something through Lolly is getting it for free. You just have to wait a little bit. Yep. It's free. Yep. Now, if you need, I, I, I wouldn't... Um, I'd, I'd recommend everybody go to Lolly if you've got it available to you. But um, I, I wouldn't be making purchases that you don't need to make because obviously with that money, you could be just purchasing Bitcoin, right? So you could get more. Um, but, don't take business away no, from no, him. No, no, Matt, Matt knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's okay. I mean, that's no secret. Uh, no. We, we, we actually hear that a lot on Twitter. Some of the uh, the trolls on Twitter is like, just go buy Bitcoin. Don't but you sometimes have a you family need family or a pet yeah. that you need yeah. to feed. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. We all need to live, right? So with exactly. the with, with the purchases that you require to at least the ones you require to make just to live, if you're able to get something back, and if that could that something could be Bitcoin, mm. that's a great idea. Mm. And and there will be people, I'm sure, that are getting close to <laughs> as you you know, getting close to everything being free that they bought a couple of years back. Yep. Um, and if those people aren't your biggest um um you know, marketing team because mm. they'll be out telling right. They'll be out telling their friends how clever they are, right? Oh yeah, and we, we see it all the time on Twitter. Um, they'll post screenshots of you know their gains over the years and like, hey, I bought this and now I basically got it for free. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so how much um, do you guys approach uh, suppliers or businesses to kind of come on board versus how many actually now are starting to approach you? Um, so I think generally speaking, the larger brands is us going to them, yep. um, your second tier and lower, like there's, there's a bunch that'll just automatically join. They'll just be like, okay, yeah, this is great. This is yep. going to add, even if it adds a tiny bit to what we're doing, th these are the mom and pops, the SMBs. Um, and then you're gonna have your mid range that it's a little of both, right? We'll get inbound upon occasion. That's just, you know, I don't even say upon occasion it's weekly, um, where, Hey, you know, we'd like to talk a little more about how we can get on your platform and we've got these rates. And so we do have people courting us for it. 
which is great. It, it always works out best if they're um, if they've got an integration that we can hook into. Um, we don't have a lot of time to build out custom integrations for uh, one-off. Um, we we, used to, we did that at the old startup, and it was mm. it was tough. It, it just it's very very difficult to scale that way. Um, I mean, you would have to be you know a target or somebody and say you've got to come and build directly to this particular system. And um, I guess you guys have a different target there than we have here, but uh, um, everybody's familiar with target. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit of both. And then for the very, very large brands, we're always talking to them there. What I think what you really see is the, the bigger, the brand, the more public facing the brand is the more recognized it is, the more weary they still are of just jumping right into Bitcoin. Um, you know, there'll be, uh, some people on staff that are like, yeah, you know, we'll always get that, um, the younger person on the team, they just go in and be our cheerleader. Uh, and then, and Alex, uh, is really good about this and Shana as well. Shana is our VP of strategy and ops of just finding that person that can go in and then they keep, you know, chewing on the ear of their managers and their managers, managers, and try to build up this vibe inside the company of like, yeah, we really need to do this at some point. And we've seen them come back and say, hey, all right, we're finally ready to go. And so there's very little effort on our part. Well, I think I might be downplaying Alex and Shane's contribution. There's a lot of effort on, on their <laughs> part. But, um, you know, they come back to us and they're like, yeah, this, let's do this. Let's, we're ready to go. And um, so it's really exciting when we see that happen because, I mean, you know, the bigger corporations, the slower they are to move. And it's um, just finding the right people inside. And it's um, it can be a long process for those, but um, it's working out. From the point when they, from they deciding, you know, obviously there's a lot of work goes into that, but from the point that they decide, how long would it take to get a retailer on board? Uh, minutes if they're on a supported platform. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, and how many, how many retailers are we talking just now? So we've got over a thousand. Yep. Wow. Um, yeah. And I forget, I forget what the actual number is. It's, it may be approaching 1500 or something like that. I, I haven't counted in a while. Back in the beginning, we used to just count like every day. We had a data room. We're like, we have this many users. We have this oh, many exciting, right? Since, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, listen, that's, now, that's but, exactly what we do with this podcast, right? Oh my God. Yeah. There's, four, there's four people listened and somebody yeah. in Andorra listened to us talking. Why, why yeah. are they doing that? But it's, it's great, right? It's really, it's yeah. really great. Um, but um, where was I going next? Um, so where, let, let, let's go slightly negative then. So where is it available and um, so who can, who can currently use and what are your plans in that regard? Australia. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So us only right now, um, we have definitely been trying to make inroads into at least uh, majority English speaking countries to kind of keep the uh, translation and internationalization, internationalization piece off of our plate for a bit. Um, so Australia obviously fits the bill there. Um, so we would really like to run a test in Canada next as our first international stop. Uh, it just makes sense for us. We've got a lot of merchants that are in both countries. Um, the thing about moving into a different country is there's, there's, it's not just the technical side of things, which actually is probably the easiest. It's the, uh, regulation for that particular country, as well as the merchant partnerships in that country. Mm. Um, so you might have a multinational company, but they're completely represented differently in Canada, for instance, or Australia. And so you've got a different team to work with, a different team to convince of your strategy and uh, different budgets, different rates. Um, and then on top of that, whatever the local government, however they end up, you know, deciding you fall into a particular regulated category or something and then working out those details. So um, I think for the most part, it, you know, if we start looking at Canada, UK, Australia, those types, um, we 
we should be in a good, pretty good position to roll those out fairly quickly once we clear the last few hurdles. So, uh, I, and then it, go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know if um, you heard, but the biggest bank in Australia has just announced that they will be uh, allowing the customers, which is six over 6 million no, people. 16 million. I checked that. It's 16 million customers. Out of 25. I couldn't believe that. I don't Everyone, think that's but right. it could be non-active account. It'd be a lot of non-active yeah, yeah. accounts. Right? Anyway, so they're going to allow their customers to sort of buy and hold crypto through their bank account, through their net bank app. So that, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So the last I didn't hear that. Days, so t- timing-wise for you, I reckon that's pretty good. And uh, maybe Canada just needs to get uh, bumped down a notch. <laughs> Sorry, Canada. <laughs> no, no, fuck Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, Canada's got Canada's got their own. See, what do we call? We have FinCEN here and FinRAW, and then Canada's got their own version of it. And I forget what their acronym is for it. But determining whether or not we ended up being a money transmitter in Canada, all that good stuff. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then we have to do that with every every country we go into. But that's good to hear about Australia. That's you know that's I, I feel like, and I, just from the outside looking in, Australia has been somewhat anti Bitcoin. Um, well, we're anti government. everything. Yeah. Anti everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and except poison spiders, you guys love poison spiders. Well, right? um, Hats actually just grabbed a a canister spray can because I think there's a wasp flying around yeah. here, and he doesn't <laughs> like. He's very Scottish in that way. He doesn't like bugs and. So, um, do you have um? I don't. Is it even a thing in the industry? Uh, my ignorance. Um, like exclusive partners, or do you, or do even competitors that are offering fiat cash cashback? Um, are, are are they signed up for? Like, is there are there big brands signing up to only one cashback partner, or are, are retailers tend tend to go broad? Well, how does that it, work? It, de- it definitely does happen, um, and it really depends on how big the merchant is and what they're selling. Um, and then we've also seen things like. Yeah, we can partner with you, but you can't show a banner on the web page. And so we have to make a special rule that says uh, we can flash the little icon, but we can't actually put the banner on the page. So there's all kinds yeah. of little things like that. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. That's because they don't want to publicly be associated with Bitcoin right now? Or would you say? No, not necessarily. It's just, it, I think generally it's it's one of two things. It's either they just don't want their website experience messed with, for one. Yeah. So yeah, that could okay. be their, their main just thing. Just controlling their the other. Yeah, exactly. The other could be that they've got a contractual obligation with another cashback program to be uh, the only one that can show a banner on their site, right. but the flashing icon is okay up in the toolbar. So yeah. yeah, it's little things like that we've got to account for. And generally um, when that comes up, that's the times that I'm up late at night, just hammering away, trying to get a feature out to support a large merchant that says, well, you can't show it here. And yeah. so I've got to go and make some way of configuring it so that that's possible. Yeah. Okay. So, pro- sorry, go on. I was going to say, so you, what your background is in sort of engineering or, or coding or, oh, yeah. 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 So um, I've got a computer science degree, uh, been coding since I was like 13, 14, something like that. I like yeah. to say I was coding for money for about 25 years now. So, yeah. Wow. Um, and then building businesses roughly the same amount of time. So I guess my pro- first real business. Sorry, no, no, please. I was interrupted. Please. No, I was just going to say, I, I think I started my first real business, if you call it a real business, when I was in college, so around the late 90s. Nice. So what's the passion? Is it is the What side of it is the, is the your preference, or are you just like, you like combining them both? Uh, that, I love combining them both. I love doing everything about uh, building a business. And then I also love being able to, you know, build things, build the actual parts that become a product, too. So, um you know, there's there's no day that goes by that you don't find me working with the customer care team or interacting with people on Twitter or 
reviewing legal documentation or creating po privacy policy updates, um, just anything that has to do with building the business, I just thoroughly enjoy. So um, yeah, there's no role in the company that I won't jump into and just do that. Um, how do you find, and this is, I guess, digressing a little bit, how do you find balancing your remote homework with family life? Is it, is it difficult? Um, it can be. Um, I think I'm doing better at it this time than I did with my previous startup. But um, I mean, at this point, we've got three kids, three kids, three kids <laughs> and a dog. I was mixing kid and dog. We just got a dog <laughs> this week. Same, same. Uh, yeah, basically the same. They both require a steam cleaner. <laughs> so we've got um, three kids and a dog. I got my wife and she's also a full-time physician. So full-time physician means she works yeah. more than me, most likely. Um, and so... It, I mean, obviously we have help. We have people that, um, you know, trade in and uh, watch the kids or take the kids to school, that kind of thing. So that that's very, very helpful. But then I try to set time limits or hours. I, I call it the witching hour. I have a, my calendar's blocked off in the evening that I, nobody can set meetings uh, during three hours from like 4.30 to three and a half hours, 4.30 to eight. Um, so that's well, family sorry. time. Right, right, right. Slap bang in the middle of it, why not? Have we just taken your 4.30 day? Well, <laughs> where we, where we well this was, I, I got special dispensation for this because you guys were in Australia. I was like, look, they can't do it any other time. It's, oh, uh, nice. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate well, that. thank you to Matt's wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. That, I'll, I'll, I'll pass that, I'll pass that along. She'll appreciate that. Um, but yes, it's, um, it's, it's really about scheduling, I think more than anything. Um, and just making sure that you stop and have time and, uh, try not to run back to the computer when something pops up or you think of something and, and honestly, it, it ends up being more productive. I've got no way to just, or to uh, quantify that. I have no metrics for this, but it feels like it's more productive uh, because if I step away from a problem and I come back to, it's kind of the Zen of solving a problem. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Then you come back to the computer and you sit down at something you were frustrated at for a while and you're like, Oh, it's right there. And, you know, it's just yeah. that take your mind off for a bit and uh, play with your kids, play with the dog and then come back and solve the world's problems nice. through Bitcoin. <laughs> so where do they yeah i mean that go ahead go no no please go right i was gonna say but that trickles down to the rest of the company too like we try to be very very conscious of everyone's uh work-life balance and make sure people feel like they can take the time they need um we're not you know counting hours or anything like that we just want everybody to come in and work pretty autonomously and again it's part of the remote environment too i think that um you just have to kind of be that way with everybody of hey i trust that you're going to do what you need to do because you know, I can't see you. I don't know. What, I don't know where you are at every moment of the day, but I also don't care. Um, you know, if you've got to go change a dirty diaper or take a kid to school or pick a sick kid up or whatever, it's not a big deal. And um, that, that's always been kind of a, a goal of mine, because when I would work at other corporations and stuff, it was just it was just I was like, why am I driving in traffic 45 mm. minutes to an hour both ways? And then spending all this time uh, doing precisely what I need to do in a, in a regimented schedule is just very, very annoying and didn't seem very productive. So I really, uh, I'm proud of the, the company that we built so far in, in that regard. Yeah, it's, re it's really interesting. I, I wonder how many people who are traveling to, you know, work in the city of London or wherever it might be on the tube, you know, they're earning million pounds a year, but they're going to work with their nose in somebody else's armpit. 
um, every day at silly o'clock in the morning, coming home at silly o'clock at night, never seeing their family. And like, are they more productive than somebody, mm. you know, spending time and changing their kid's diaper or whatever it is that they've picked their kid up from school, whatever well, it is. Are, and all that, are they happy? Well, yeah, are they happier? That's a bigger question, I suppose. But um, so how do the ideas come? So how do you, on a, rem- on a remote basis with the staff, like where do the ideas for the company come from? How, how do you get those together? Do everybody can shoot, shoot an idea and, and um, it's discussed yeah. or are you pretty flat or? Oh yeah, we're very flat. Um, the we have regular leadership meetings um, to just go over the week's stuff and figure out what our roadmap's going to be, that kind of thing. So typical stuff you see in a regular company is just done remotely, and it's all done by schedule. It's schedule the meeting, make sure that you, that your video conferencing is actually working and everybody can hear each other, which is always a pain. But um, the uh, we we even got like an idea share room in Slack where people can just drop in anything that they want. So hey, somebody said this, or you know. I heard from a friend that they would like it to do this, or even I had this idea, maybe we should try, you know, adding favorites uh, so that you could favorite your favorite merchants and oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. And so we haven't gotten to that one yet, but that is definitely a great one that we want to um, include at some point. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very flat. Um, anybody's totally welcome to come to Alex or myself or anybody on leadership or any of the, uh, of, of the other people on the team and just be like, Hey, this is, this is, it, it, it go both ways, right? It could be like, here's a new idea or here's a problem. This doesn't seem to be working. Um, here's how I think we could make it better kind of thing. So uh, um, yeah, there's, it's, it's a great team. A lot of us worked together at our previous startup and then we just built out from each other's networks from there. And um, it's, uh, it's a very trusting environment and very, um, very little ego across the board. Um, and okay, so what, what's that led to recently? Like what, what are you working on just now? Um, and what what are the what are your what's the kind of roadmap for the next maybe I don't know six months or something? Where would you where are you liking to, where would you like to take it? Yeah, sure. So um, obviously we have the Android app coming out. Um, yep. We've got uh, what we call the what we call the pre app coming out here very very shortly, which is the one that's going to allow you to go in, do the daily stack, uh, view your online activity for all your past shopping and that kind of thing. Uh, the full app for that, which will have the actual built-in uh, shopping browser, will be probably Q1, maybe as close to January as possible. So um, that's rolling out. Uh, I'll be reaching out to a few people on Twitter that have Androids that have asked if they could have beta access to test. And definitely, I need the, I need feedback on that. So, um, so that's one. We're also moving into in-store offers. So being able, having a method for actually shopping at your local favorite restaurants and stuff and being able to get rewards in store. Um, so we're trying to get that out the door here before code freeze. Uh, so mm. that's coming up uh, within the next couple of weeks. And we'll slowly roll that out in batches to uh, large swaths of people. Sorry, can you, explain uh, so that to me? can you explain that to me a little bit more in store? Like, yeah, yes. Yeah. So just being able to get uh, rewards in store on um, your credit card or whatever. So just being able to go into, um, we call them QSRs, quick service restaurant, um, and being able to swipe your card and get um, Bitcoin back on that purchase. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then, and then uh, you, do you have user communities like the Telegram channels, or like people who are sharing ideas as to how to best maximize? Um, the lolly experience so we do have a telegram um i honestly haven't spent much time in the telegram uh we're looking at actually spinning up a discord uh, as well um, we've seen a lot more other people execute better strategies on discord than they have on telegram for whatever reason um i think it's just like the the messaging app du jour uh, that 
ends up winning in those in those regards. But Twitter has really been our main platform for people doing that kind of thing. Um, it's for whatever reason, it's resonated there more than anywhere else that we've uh, played around. Yeah, it's hard to um, when you and I'm, I like Twitter. I didn't used to be a fan, and now I'm a complete you know spend half my life there. But um, the <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it, it's it's um, and there, but there's things I don't like about it, obviously. So and it, but it's very very difficult to move people um, if you want if they wanted them to be somewhere else. It's um, turning off your. I mean, I I, I frankly, I mean, I still have got a Facebook account. I, I live in Australia, and my family are in Scotland, and most of them are still on Facebook, and I need to keep in touch. So I retain the account i don't like facebook but i i still keep the account because you can get rid of it because i got rid of the facebook account but i've kept the messenger app yeah 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 i mean it's just it's just when it's just just it's just that network effect isn't it once yeah, people yeah. are in are in somewhere it's very difficult to it's hard to be the first one to step out somebody has to well it's like is it is it mastodon or whatever it was everyone's like i'm going to mastodon yeah. was it mastodon yeah and, we and all, then we all yeah. secured our accounts and didn't go there yeah basically. yeah well i tried and um and then it's like, I'll see you guys in Macedon. And then, you know, maybe a month later, they all come back <laughs> to Twitter. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I mean, I have it. we go through those cycles. I think, that, gosh, within the past couple of years, there was also, do you remember L-O, E-L-L-O? Oh, that yes. was like the big, yeah, that, that came out and that was supposed to be like, everybody rush to get your name at L-O. It's yeah. going to be the next big thing. And crickets now, there's just nothing. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd not even thought of it. And there was another one I don't remember, I don't know if you know, called Sue, T-S-U. A few years back as well, mm-hmm. which was kind of the um, it was kind of like a YouTube model in the sense of a revenue sharing in that way. So you're you you know you'd get a, if you know you had hundred likes on your post or something, um, it would actually share some of the revenue with you, but it kind of disappeared as well. I, I've heard um, BitClout's pretty amazing. Oh, don't <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not go down that angle again. <laughs> I got uh, I got blocked from BitCloud, I think, because I said something negative about it. Oh, I had, I had like I had a trending thing, and then it's gone. Is it is it still a thing, or is it died yet? Oh, I don't know. This was this was ages ago. So oh, okay. That's a badge of honor. That's you should wear that one when you sleep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with the other country thing, um, what 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 are the what are the barriers? Like, what if you if somebody wanted to help you out, for example, if there's somebody less, our, our audience is kind of mostly well we're about 40 percent us our four four listeners our four listeners yeah, 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 our four yeah, listeners. yeah. so of our four listeners we offer nothing of them are in america or whatever but um so two but and then australia but if somebody's looking to help either in the states or or elsewhere is that something you're looking for or what, are you growing just now in terms of the team is that something that's on the agenda at all or I mean, yes and no. I mean, we always appreciate the help going into anything that we're doing, whether it's, you know, in a, at a merchant or if it's in a country, that's that's awesome to have that help. Um, we're not actively like hiring positions or anything for yep. various countries, um, not even really from a consulting perspective. I think mo- most, most of case, in most cases, um, with the merchants having their established presences in those different countries, we're able to just work directly with them um, and figure out what we need to do to get them online. Um, so, I, I mean, I get that offer a lot on Twitter. I get the end, hey, what can you do? I mean, what can I do to help you get into Spain faster? I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can leave me chances alone. are not much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let, yeah. Me, let me get back to typing and I've got some stuff to do here. But there's, not, there's nothing stopping a pleb somewhere approaching their favorite retailer and saying, hey, I mean, obviously if Lolly's not available, but just saying, you know. Oh. I mean, are you aware of this kind of a model? You know, I mean, I am that guy. I am the guy who's been annoying you. I've probably done it 
personally to you, <laughs> right? So I, well, you know, I apologize for. Well, no, I don't apologize for it because I do. I, I need. To, I need you to know. But um, but I, I'm doing it for two reasons. When I do it, one, I'd love to see Lolly or Fold or whoever it is, you know, make their way into Stewie because it'd be good for Stewie. But also, I am pushing somebody with the ability. I'm hopefully encouraging somebody with the ability to set one up if they want to do. The, the, nobody's stopping you. I mean. Yep. Nobody's stopping me, quite honestly. Like I'm not, I, te- I don't have the technical ability. But well, your brain is stopping you then. Well, excuse me, but <laughs> yes, so I, you're I, working I'm, against yourself. Yeah, yeah, okay. what saying. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> point, point, point taken. But um, people can. There's nothing stopping anybody following the model, right? Right. Um, and setting. Yeah, up. it's it sounds like a threat. It does. It is. Yeah. I'm going to light a fire under me now. I'm going to get to Australia before, before somebody else does. But um, no, I, I, either or is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Either or. I'd love to. It's just, it's good for Bitcoin, right? Everything's good for Bitcoin. What would you keep saying? Um, but um, Bitcoin's okay. good for everybody. Yeah. Is, the, is there a retailer out there that you're, you're really keen and you just, you, you want to, you, you think there would be an absolutely slam, an absolute slam dunk for, for Lolly or is there, like, do you go for, uh, or are there gaps in, in your offering that you think you need to, you need to try and fill? Yeah. I mean, I think, so we did have Walmart at one point early on and then they got crypto shy. Uh, so getting Walmart back on board is, that would be huge. Um, that was, they would contributed massively to sales. So, you know, getting the Walmarts back on and the targets of the world, um, th- that would be great. Why would, why did they leave that? Like it doesn't hurt them to stay. It, so it's again, it just goes back. Yeah, it's image. It's a particular decider at the company at a particular level, or what have you, or you know, somebody gets regulation shy or something, and they're like didn't know that they were doing this, and some other mm. team had gone rogue or whatever. It could be any number of things, and um, you know, the bigger the company, they don't necessarily know what everybody's doing all the way down, and somebody might be trying out a new idea, and then somebody higher up says, "Wait a minute, uh, we need to consider X, Y, and Z before we actually do that." So. Yeah, yeah okay. it's just a it's just a thing. Uh, it happens. Retailers retailers can be very very finicky. I don't know if you know that, but uh, <laughs> they can they can be very protective of their brand. And um, a, a lot of people, it's really funny because people say, "Oh, all you have to do, you're just giving them more money." Of course, they're going to sign up. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. Um, mm. They're they're they have strategies. They have image. They have uh, all these internal things that they might be working on, and they don't necessarily just want revenue from your project because you're doing something cool and can add to their, to their bottom line in even a, a fraction of a way. But um, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a brain dead cell. It's uh, it does take effort. Mm. Mm. All right. All right. Cool. Um, is there anything you want to shout out about, about Lolly or where do you, where would you send people, Matt, if, um, if they want to find out more for well, either, either, either lo- yourself or, or the company? Yeah, I mean, lolly.com, L-O-L-L-I.com, like the lollipop. And then we've got Twitter is trylolly. And then I'm also on Twitter as Matt Center, M-A-T-T-S-E-N-T-E-R. Um, let's see, I think that's that's all. Follow Matt, he's, a fun, he's, he's not a toxic Bitcoiner at all. He's, he's, got, he's, a, he's a funny account. Follow it is, Matt. yeah, you've got some, <laughs> got some fun tweets. Thank um, you. Yeah, I try to keep everything positive. I, I try not to be toxic. I am a Bitcoiner, but I am not a toxic Bitcoiner. Yeah. Yeah. There's room for all of us, I think. So yeah, sorry, um, I, re- I resemble that, that other remark. Unfortunately, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. What do you mean? Sometimes. <laughs> it's okay. There's also nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, be passionate about what you're working on. Yeah, so. sure. I think there's a time time and a place. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, well, mate, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank that was you, great. Thank you very yeah. much for taking the time. 
Um, yeah. And, and please me. pass on the thanks to your wife again. Oh yeah, no problem, no problem. Not and um, it's uh, it, it was a very interesting way how we got connected. So uh, really uh, <laughs> enjoyed the chat and the humor, and uh, it's a really good time. Awesome. Thank you, mate. We look forward to Home Alone for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but well, or the Jason Momoa spectacular that comes out. Yeah, I've got to I've got to hit the weights, and then I'll uh, I'll <laughs> next next podcast. Let's do a podcast in a year, and I'll come back. I'll have the Jason Momoa uh, look. Awesome. Well, I have seen some of the running posts as well, Matt. Well done on that too. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Was it 500 days or something? Now? Yep. Over 500 days now. Yep. Good effort, Matt. Well done. Can, I, can I remind you that we've already said goodbye? And now we're... <laughs> oh, we'll say, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So this is the awkward part where we just walk away. And yeah. say, okay, bye. <laughs> thanks, mate. Thank All right. Thanks again. Bye, guys. Hey guys, if you've made it this far, thanks so much for listening. Um, the plan with the pod is to do sort of guests one week and um, myself and Brendo the other week. So hopefully that's working for you. If you don't like one of them, just listen to the one you do like. Um, if you want a little bit more um, information from us, you can find it at uh, bitcoin-first.com forward slash learn. 